Welcome to the Black Squirrel Sportsbook Podcast. Dylan Bowers joined alongside Alex Wilcox. As always, we're we're not dead. We <laughs> we didn't we didn't record a podcast last week. School we didn't finally go, caught up to us. We didn't go into hiding because no. of how far we're down. I, mean, no. I actually had a very good week. I I also and had a, a pretty good weekend. Conveniently, so. conveniently, we didn't have a podcast, but I had a pretty good weekend. So yeah, I mean that's. I guess you guys could say what you want about that, but I'm I'm just saying I did I did no. I I also had a good weekend, not as good as yours sounded though. Um, but I, but I was still in the green for the weekend. That's so good. so that's that's what it's all about. That's always so, a positive. Absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna switch it up here today. Uh, we're, we're gonna look at the uh, NFL board to start, and then we'll go through our, the college games that we like. Um, quick glance at the board this week earlier. Uh, I really didn't look at the college board. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I really didn't look at the college board for this week. Um, but the NFL spreads, uh, I've seen them already this week. And I got to tell you, I, I like a lot of these. Uh, yeah, it's a scary week. There's a lot of even games this week, which is great. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you think about it, we've got the Bengals and the Falcons on by, two terrible teams. And then we've got the Jets and the Dolphins playing each other. So that takes yeah. four terrible teams out of the mix. So we got a lot of one, two-point spreads. Two-point spreads, Vegas doesn't have a clue what to do with the game, and I think we have a couple of those this week. So looking forward to to breaking those games down. And a lot of these, I honestly have no idea, these even games. They could go either way. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, we're going to start out here Thursday night, uh, an NFC West showdown in the desert. The Arizona Cardinals hosting the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, what can't you like about the San Francisco team? They've looked tremendous all year. Their their defense has been outstanding. Nick Bosa looks like an absolute stud. Um, offensively, they have every everything that you could want. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is a genius. I think we've said that before, talking about the 49ers on here. Uh, the things Garoppolo has done this year, Tevin Coleman, they just picked up Emmanuel Sanders, uh, and obviously they have George Kittle. They, they have a ton of playmakers. This is a very good San Francisco 49er team. Line is currently at 10.5 as we record this on Wednesday, October 30th. It's about 7.30 at night. Um, so line currently sits at 10.5. The Niners are the favorite. We were just talking about it before we started. I'm all over the Cardinals in this, and I think the public is going to be all over San Francisco, Every which is understandable. San Francisco has been tremendous uh, to this point this year, but – you got to fade the public sometimes, and I think this is one of those times. Look, a home team, and they're they're going to be probably the line's going to close at probably eleven, maybe eleven and a half. I would say, um, I, I'm all over the Cardinals. Give me those points. I, I think this game is closer. Than yeah, people think the Cardinals always have that weird kind of home field advantage at State Farm. Anything can happen in that stadium. We've seen it with some wild. Sunday night games they played against the Seahawks in the past. And I actually like the job Cliff Kingsbury's done with Kyler Murray. I think they've done the best they can with limited personnel offensively. That being said, I can't see him moving the ball an inch against the San Francisco 49ers defense, especially with Chase Edmonds out. David Johnson's banged up. I don't know who's playing running back for the Cardinals. It's going to be Kenyon Drake. They, Kenyon, they just acquired right. Kenyon Drake. They, they signed Jay Ajayi. So um, Kenyon Drake, D- David Johnson's been, questionable as well. So there, there hasn't been an official ruling on him. We'll, we'll see if he's active or not. So, so they've got running back, former Dolphins running backs, yeah. and Ajayi and Drake that have been with the organization for a handful of days. I don't think that bodes well against what's probably the best defensive front in the NFL. And like I've been all over fading the 49ers. I was on the Redskins. 
they cover the monsoon. I was on uh, the Panthers last week who get their teeth kicked in. I'm not, I'm not getting it done to me again for another week. Off a short week as well, I think that that bodes well for the better coaching staff, the 49ers, than it does uh, for the Cardinals. Give me San Francisco for a small amount. I'm not confident in a primetime game. Kyler Murray could do some special things. I just lean on the San Francisco defense here to get this done. All right, next game on the slate, Sunday morning, wake up, get your coffee brewing, 9.30 a.m. across the pond in London, Texans, Jags. Dylan, I hate that they put this game in London. I, I do this, as well. This is a huge divisional game. The Jags are 4-4, four and four, Houston's 5-3. and three. They both got to catch Indy at 5-2. and two. And in any other scenario, I'd be all over – the man with the S on his chest, that's Deshaun Watson right now at Houston sitting at minus two, even in Jacksonville. But I'm hesitant because it's in <clears> London, <throat> because Jacksonville, it seems like they live over there. They've been there yeah. every year. They know how to handle the the, the travel, exactly. every, everything thrown their way. The Doug, Doug Marone said, I saw a quote earlier today that they know how to prepare for this. And there, there's they, people that there's people that don't. They go over there. I mean, you saw Cincinnati hung in last week. Um with the, with the Rams, they hung in for that first half, and I think the Jags know how to go over there and play. Um, I'm also I'm not going to sell the Jaguars short. Like you said, they're they're four and four, uh, a, a good team. Gardner Minshew, the, the stash. They got Leonard Fournette. Um, they have some nice offensive pieces. DJ Shark and Chris Conley. Yeah, Shark's been a beast. Uh, the Jags, when they get a lead, their defense plays well. Yeah, like they're they're one of those teams where. If the other team goes up 14-0, they give up, they throw in the towel and it's over. But if you, you give the Jags a seven to ten point lead early in the game, the defense will rally around that and they'll play well. And I think that's a testament to some of their personalities on the defensive side of the ball. Really anything can happen here. I'm not looking to play this game because I can't go against Deshaun Watson the way he's playing, but I lean the Jags here plus the two, maybe on the money line, plus one ten. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I lean lean Jags in this one too. Wouldn't, wouldn't shock me though to have that come back and bite me in, in the rear and have Deshaun Watson have a Deshaun Watson like game on uh, next game bears Eagles in Philly. Uh, Philly is a five point home favorite. Look, this bears team is reeling losers of three of their last four. I want to say, um, they just haven't been playing good football. Mitch Trubisky has been an absolute joke, um, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, Philly coming off of a great win on the road against the Bills. Mull over Philly, minus five in this game. I think Doug Peterson, Wentz, uh, they've started to figure it out, and Peterson is a great coach. So I, I think I think they figured this out a little bit, like I said. Eagles minus five, take it to the bank. Yeah, I think this is a similar game to – when they played the Bills last week, because we kind of know the Bills' offense is frauds. They've got a great defense, which Chicago does as well. Great personnel on that side of the ball, and pretty good coaching. I like Matt Nagy. I did, people were riffing on him for kneeling the ball before the missed field goal. It's not his fault that the kicking game is terrible and that he's had crappy kickers uh, for his two years in Chicago. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles minus five as well. I think they roll here. Chicago's offense simply can't keep up. And they can't exploit Philly's biggest weakness, which is the secondary. I don't think Chicago will be able to throw the ball downfield at all against Philly, even though their secondary is terrible because of Trubisky. Uh, for that reason, give me Philly minus five. At the very least, 
uh, minus 225 on the money line. I think it's a guarantee that Philly wins this game. This is one of those games you were just talking about. It's uh, Vegas doesn't know what to do. It's an up-in-the-air game. Colts-Steelers in Pittsburgh. The Colts are a one-point favorite right now. Uh, th- look, this- and this is this is going down since I saw it this morning. I saw it at two. I saw it at one yeah. and a half. It's down to one. Look, the Steelers have great linebacking play, and they've got good personnel in the front seven of that defense. Mika Fitzpatrick showed out against his former team, the Dolphins, or whatever that's worth, with two picks. Uh, I just like the Colts coaching a little too much here, I yeah. think. Uh, that the Steelers were having a quintessential Tomlin breakdown game before the Dolphins decided to throw that game on Monday night. Also, the short week, ND coming off the long week, uh, coming off a bye, they beat Denver and escaped that game in just a wild game. Uh, I'll take Indy on the money line, minus 120 here. I'll, I'll lay the point as well. I think the Colts won a close game on the road. Not confident in it, though. Pittsburgh can come to play. And these one o'clock games at home, we've and seen that. Heinz Field is a very tough place yeah. to go in and, and get a win, especially when it's starting to get cold like now. And yeah, I, I don't love it. I don't love it. I, I don't love it either. But I'm with you here. I'm I'm riding on the Colts. Uh, dumpster fire game <laughs> in Buffalo. Uh, the Bills hosting the Redskins. Bills are a nine and a half point home favorite. Um, there's really not much to say. This Redskins team is in is in purgatory essentially. Yeah, they, it's they're shutting it down. Yeah, they're, Haskins in the limited time he's played, he hasn't looked very good. Case Keenum, obviously, that's enough said right there. And I can hardly blame Haskins because they're no. throwing him into the worst situation. The, the, yeah, he's thought. in he's in a trash situation. Uh, the Bills have played very well this year. Uh, Josh Allen, I, I think. Josh Allen's stepping up big this year. I think they cover this nine and a half points with ease. Uh, well, the Redskins have been a team for me. I had them against San Francisco, as I mentioned earlier. I had them against Minnesota on Thursday night football. They covered that 16-point spread really easily. And I'm going to be on them here again, plus the nine and a half points. I think with Keenum back, uh, Buffalo, me and Campbell came up with this thing. It's called the 17-point rule with the Bills. Somehow, some way. They're always going to get their limited offense to 17 points. They're always going to somehow, some way, find 17 points. So that means for Washington to cover nine and a half, you got to get them to 10. I think they can get their way to nine or 10 points in this game. Uh, I do think it's going to be ugly, and I look to the under. This is actually my favorite total of the week in the NFL, under 36 and a half in this game. I think this game is is. Gross and I, yeah, 36 and a half is awful low for an NFL game, extremely low. You typically never want to play it under that low, but I think in this special circumstance for this kind of game, I'm playing it under 36 and a half. Titans, Panthers in Charlotte, there at Bank of America Stadium, Panthers four point home favorites. Um, this also this is a tough game for me to pick because I I could see it legitimately going either way. Um, the Titans have a okay defense. Ryan Tannehill has looked all right as their quarterback, and Carolina they're they're coming off a embarrassing loss on the road to San Francisco. Um, I think the Titans. I, I was lukewarm on this earlier this week. I, I picked the Panthers on my show, but. I'm kind of flip-flopping now. I think the Titans cover the plus four here. Uh, I'm going to be on Carolina here. I think they have a bounce-back week minus the four. I, Tannehill's 2-0, and as you said. Vrabel's 2-0. It's it's bound to go in the other direction here. And Tennessee's a 4-4 four and four team. 
they're just so inconsistent from week to week. I'm not looking to play this game for big money, but I, I just have a feeling Carolina bounces back in some sort of fashion after that embarrassing game. I think Tennessee's offense is so limited against Carolina's front seven that they're going to have a really hard time getting to 14 points even in this game. I think it'll be a low-scoring game as well. So maybe under 41 and a half. Uh, another dumpster fire down in oh. Miami. The The Dolphins will host the this Jets. Is actually, maybe my favorite play of the week. Maybe my favorite play of the week. I, I love the Jets as a three-point favorite. Adam Gase going back to Miami. I think it's a big revenge game. I think it's a get-right week for the Jets. They've had a tough last couple of weeks. Um, I think Le'Veon Bell has a big day. I think Sam Darnold has a big day. And I really do think this Jets team gets back on the right track. I'm not saying that they're anything of a contender. Not saying oh, that, but, but I not. think obviously I, I just think it's a get right week for them after the last couple of weeks, uh, a tough loss to Jacksonville last week, a tough loss to new England on Monday night, two weeks oh. ago. Uh, I think it's a get right week for the jets. Like I said, I'm all over that three points. I think they cover that with ease. And thanks for bringing up that new England game. I know that was one of my locks of the week, uh, the last time we did this podcast, which was pretty rough, but I could not agree with more with you here. I love the jets and what, really pushed me overboard. Besides the fact that Xavier Howard is also out for Miami, which might be their only real NFL starter on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, They had the trade rumors with Le'Veon Bell with Jamal Adams. Both guys know they're staying in New York now, and they tweeted to say that we want to be here in New York. They're kind of rallying the troops. And what's a better get-right game for those players and then for Sam Darnold than playing the Miami Dolphins? especially Sam Darnold against that secondary, even without Xavier Howard now. I can't name a player. Or Ryan Lewis, where did that undrafted guy? I mean, he's, yeah, he's I, starting. I couldn't, even, I couldn't even name. Don't he's they have, starting uh, in the secondary. Bobby McClain, McCain. Or Bobby McCain, McCain and Taco, yeah. the leftover Charlton. from uh, Vince Beagle, which was a name I thought I'd never hear in the NFL again. The Packers drafted him in the fourth round and cut him. Cut, he got cut by that awful Packers defense last year. And now he now he's he's their main pass rusher. It's a joke. This defense is a joke. I think it's a get right game for Darnold. I think that Gase comes out with a a decent game plan, at least decent enough to beat the Dolphins by a touchdown. Yeah, give me the three all day here. Moving to the the late window here of games, Tampa Bay and Seattle out in Seattle. Seahawks are a six point home favorite. Um. Maybe my third favorite play of the week. Go ahead with yours. I, I'm curious to see what you think about this game. I, I would. I, I've been leaning Seahawks, but I'm starting to think see the Seahawks are too easy of a play. That's that, that's too easy of a play for the public. A lot of people are going to be on the Seahawks, and I think the more that that Tampa Bay line rises, uh, I, I'm going to take Tampa plus the points. They have a, a solid defense. Bruce Arians, a veteran coach. Um, the, the only thing that concerns me is Jameis Winston. If he if he turns the ball over four or five times, I don't know if they cover that. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see what their defense does in that game. But offensive side of the ball, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, two of the top ten receivers in the league statistically right now. O.J. Howard, uh, they have the, the Harvard pro- product. Whoa, what is his name? I'm blanking on it. Cameron Brait. Yeah, um, Brait. He's they, a beast. They, yeah, they, they have some solid playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. And I think a lot of, like I said, a lot of people, the public, they're going to be on the Seahawks and rightfully so Seattle has been a great team all year, but I think Tampa plus six is the, is the play here. Well, that game a few weeks ago where Tampa just came out of nowhere and they just toasted the Rams in LA, 
put up like 50 some on them. Yeah. And just a wild. I, I have that kind of feeling here because Seattle's defense, they're held together by discipline and coaching. They don't commit a lot of penalties. Outside of Bobby Wagner, there's no talent on this defense uh, in terms of superstar and Pro Bowl caliber players. Pete Carroll's held them together this long. This just feels like one of those games where Jameis Winston goes wild. And I think Tampa exploits Seattle's defense. And Bruce Arians, he's a madman. And you know he still hates the Seahawks. Yeah. He's played them a ton of times. He's got the game plan to beat them. He knows how to beat Pete Carroll. I think this is one of those games where Tampa comes out and wins. Uh, like I said, maybe my third favorite play of the week. I'm on, I'm on him plus 210 on the money line already. I'm going to play the plus six a lot as well. Lock of the week here. Give me the Bucks. Bucks money line. You're saying Bucks, Bucks, Bucks to win or or just the, I'm gonna the be, six. I'm going to be on both. I'm going to lock the six points. I'm on a money line. Okay. Uh, I think they win in Seattle. All right. That that'll be interesting if that does happen. N- another late game out in Oakland. The the Raiders hosting the Detroit Lions. Raiders two point home favorites. Um, look, since the bye week, Derek Carr has played very well. Yeah. Um, they've been surprisingly better than I thought they would be this year. All the Antonio Brown drama and whatnot, that, that was before the season. Um, you know, when they came into the season without Antonio Brown, I was like, this team, they're not going to be that good. They lost uh, Jonathan Abraham to a an injury early on in the season. That, that safety That hurt a lot. Hurt their defense, but, but they've kind of rallied around Gruden. You know, the, the knock on wood, if you're with me, uh, I, I'm with this team. I think they cover the two points this week, and I think they win by at least a field goal. Uh, I hear you. I love what Gruden's done. Yeah, I think he's done a phenomenal job. He has this team playing really hard every week. They go to game. They win in Indy. They go to Houston. They compete outside of a superstar, phenomenal Michael Jordan play by Deshaun Watson. They probably win that game in Houston. I hate doing this, but I'm going to go with the Road Lions. Uh, I'm on the Road Colts and a fairly even line i'm on the road lines here plus two and it's because oakland's secondary is trash i mean they they, without jonathan abram they've got nobody back there i think that stafford can exploit it i think they've got the weapons to do so kenny galladay's great and i'm surprised detroit didn't make a move for a running back uh, after carry on johnson went down uh, they were rumored to be in the market for Devontae freeman i was disappointed they didn't make that happen but still I like Detroit here to win a shootout. I actually like the over 50 and a half here. Uh, this is an, a very interesting game. Uh, Packers, Chargers in L.A. Uh, so the, it's, it's going to be 75% Packers yeah, fans. That's it. Al Michaels said it on the Sunday It's going to be a lot, of, a lot of cheese heads. Yeah, it's it's essentially a glorified home game for the Packers. Uh, they're a three and a half point with, favorite. With way better weather. It'll be... Yeah. I think I think this this might be. I I don't want to say it. This might be my lock of the week. I think the Packers cover the three and a half. This Chargers team. There's been a narrative the last few years. It hasn't changed. They find different ways to you know they'll get all the way down there. There'll be three seconds left in this game, and, and somehow something will happen. They'll blow the game. Right. It's it, it happens every week. They find a new way to lose a game somehow. Um, I, th- I think the Packers lock them up this week. They win this game by four points. Uh, I, I'm with you, but I'm weary. I think this line is in a weird spot. I was expecting more of a five to six point line. The Chargers still have a ton of talent on that roster. But I, I mean, I think that Phil Rivers has completely hit the cliff. He, he looks like he's 65 years old out yeah. there. 
And with the embarrassment of weapons that he has with Gordon and Eckler, with Gordon back, he scored a touchdown last week against the Bears. And then Keenan Allen as well and Mike Williams. Hunter Henry. Uh, yeah, well. Hunter Henry as well. Finally healthy. Uh, it It's a shame to say it, but the Chargers will finally be in the quarterback market this year. I'm going to roll with the Packers. That offense is absolutely rolling right now uh, with Aaron Rodgers. He's looking like the MVP of old Aaron Rodgers. He looks like the best player in the NFL to me right now. So I'm for that reason, I'm going to take the Packers minus four. I'm weary, though. I think Bovada's screwing me, by the way. I, you're seeing three and a half. I'm yeah, seeing four. I'm seeing three and a half on maybe, maybe I'll refresh, and they won't be screwing me. But we'll see. Another thing, though, that does scare me about this game, Chargers, they just canned their offensive coordinator, Ken Wisenhunt. Yeah, that guy has been fired by every NFL yeah. team, I swear. So, He's so they been everywhere. Him. We'll see. I don't even know who maybe, they promoted. Maybe I, the offense rallies around that. That's, yeah, knows? maybe the offense rallies around. They have a yes. different guy calling plays, and you know maybe – Maybe, maybe maybe the Chargers pull off an upset. I don't, I don't know. But I, I think right now, I, I'm with you. Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the NFL right now. I'm all over the Green Bay Packers in this one. This is another one that I, I love this. And I, I don't know if you feel oh, the same I, way. I, I know where you're going with this. Browns, Broncos in I'm, Denver. I'm, I'm ashamed to say I'm on it. The Look, <laughs> this Broncos team, look, they're two and six. I know you were saying it earlier in the year that they're not as bad as their record. They were in some of those they're, games. They're, they're two and five. They're two and two five. And five. Okay, I thought my, my bad. I thought but, they were two and six. But they've been in every game, and they, that was their play calling. Vic Fangio is a. I'm and telling he's you, not calling the plays. He's no, not, I know, but he's he he's not calling the plays. But he's the head coach. At the, the end of the, the day, the, he's the guy that that takes the the, the, the blame. I know the, the decision making has not been great for the Broncos. They got jived in that early season game against the Bears. Uh, and then the Bears, of all teams, hit a 53-yard field goal in their grill to end that. So if you're the Broncos, you got to feel like the most unlucky sons of bitches, excuse my language, possible. Because you get Pinheiro hitting a 53-yarder in your grill after a, a non-existent roughing the passer call. So that's one loss. And then the second loss is last week the Colts go... They were they were a pinned on their five with a minute to play. Yeah, the Broncos were a fourth and one away from winning that game. They punt. They're pinned on the five. Brissett makes an unbelievable escape, Deshaun Watson esque throw in the pocket to get downfield, and then Adam Vinatieri, who had just missed an extra point, which was the difference in the game, bangs a fifty plus yarder in your grill again. So you get beat on two games. You have a chance to be above five hundred at four and three. Yeah. Instead, Pinheiro and 55-year-old Adam Vinatieri have sunk your season. The Broncos are not as bad as you say, but I'm, I'm ashamed to say I was on Cleveland last week against the Patriots, one of my only losses on Sunday, and I'm on them again here minus yeah. three and a half. There's just way too much talent I, on this team. There's, there's B- Bovada's continuing to screw you. I have it at minus three yeah, for the I, Browns. And even field goal. Freddie, Freddie Kitchens can't hide the talent on this team no. forever. They've got to get something together. I, I called this earlier. I said it was a battle of two inept coaches. So we're going to see oh, who this gonna, is. This is the worst of the worst. Th- this I might, mean, you've, yeah. got, you've got Gase and Flores, who I think are two better coaches. I, I would agree on with that. Two yeah. worst teams with the Jets and the Dolphins. But uh, Denver is starting a backup quarterback. Uh, yeah, no Jared, Jared Allen. No, uh, it's a, I think it's Brandon. Allen. Brandon Allen from uh, from Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Jared backup Allen, quarterback, not the center for the Nets. That would be wild <laughs> if he was starting at quarterback. Or the or the defensive end that played for the uh, the Vikings. 
Jared Allen. Oh yeah, Jared you're right. Allen. The yeah. uh, the old Jared, defensive end. Jarrett. Jarrett. Okay, oh, I, th- I thought you said Jarrett. Jarrett. I was. On I the had. Nets. I yeah. had Jarrett. Jarrett in my head for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. You, you maybe your your NBA bets for the night are, are getting to your head. Right I'm, I'm not on that. Who who bets the Nets? Who bets the Nets? They've exactly. been a dumpster fire, but yeah, I. I, you want to say anything about the Browns? I mean, I saw um, Baker I, got into it with the media uh, earlier. Baker today. got into it with the media today. I th- I think they're going to rally around the second half of the schedule. Is so is so easy for them. Tissue. Yeah, Sorry. it's it's so easy for them. Um, and it starts this week. This is a perfect get right week. I think their defense, their defense has played well. I, I think they feast on uh, Denver. The, is they're going to hide this this quarterback Allen. Um. They're not going to not going to expose him too much to to things. Um, you you got to shut down Cortland Sutton, but uh, the Browns won the line of scrimmage against yeah. the Patriots. They really did. And Chubb had the great runs, but if it weren't for the fumbles, the turnovers, I, I and think the, the penalties, Brown, the, the, the Browns they could have won that game. They could have won that game, or they would have easily covered the ten and a half. Absolutely, that they that they were laying. So, yeah. I, I think the Browns this week are are as close to free money as there can be. So. Uh, well, so, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I've you know, got you three. Think, I've got three plays that I like better, and I love. I one love of them. that line. I'm in love with that three points. I, I think they roll Denver. Honestly, one of them is this next game, the Sunday night game. Patriots minus four. I got it at in, three and a half <laughs> in Baltimore. I'm on the Ravens plus the four points. I think they win this game. This is the first Patriots loss, and I've been hearing it all day, and, and I love it. Uh, Bill Belichick struggles with off-script quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson's one of them. He struggled against Colin Kaepernick. He lost to Russell Wilson. He's lost. Uh, he lost to uh, that wildcat that the Miami Dolphins ran back in like 2009. He struggles when plays get off-script. I don't like the personnel that New England has in their front seven. I don't think it's outstanding. I don't think it's average NFL front seven personnel, as good as this defense has been. Outside of Dante Hightower, I think the Ravens can control the line of scrimmage. I think they'll run the ball down their throats, control time of possession, and win this game at home. I, I This I'm, is my second favorite play of the week. I think the Jets is free money. I'm going to be all over the Ravens here, plus four and plus 170 on the money line. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Ravens, I have the, the line at plus three and a half, but at home, the things John Harbaugh has done with Lamar Jackson are insane. Yeah, um, uh, Harbaugh has been – phenomenal this season yeah this season is on because everyone was expecting regression with Lamar Jackson we all thought teams are seeing him a second time around now it'll be different we saw the Chargers lock him down in the playoffs we were scared that's what we were going to see all season long from Lamar Jackson it's been anything but that and yeah I'm I'm right there with you everything you said I agree with uh Lamar Jackson is going to be a real test to this defense um and if they make him throw the football up to this point, he's honestly proven that he can throw the football Absolutely. when he's needed, when when it's needed. So I think the Ravens plus the three and a half. I'm all over that. I'm also over their money line as well. Um, I actually I lean the under in this game too, forty five and a half. Yeah, because I, both teams I mean, have have good. I could see this becoming a, somewhat of a defensive game, but I, I I think the things Lamar Jackson can do with his legs are going to open up so much more for their offense. I feel and, I feel like twenty three seventeen Ravens game. Yeah, I, I realistically I and can see that happening. I feel like people aren't talking about the other side of the ball enough. The Patriots' offense was not good against the Browns. The Browns' defense played pretty well in that game, and they've looked pretty flat. Brady made a great throw in the first quarter. 
uh, 30 yards down the left side of the field to I was it Jacoby Myers who made the catch. I can't remember. I can't, I can't, remember. I can't remember what receiver made the catch, but it was a phenomenal throw. Outside of that, that was his, I mean, the four-yard slot routes to Julian Edelman, which the Ravens will cover in this game. Like, give me the Ravens all day here. I'm I'm in love with this pick. I, I think the I really think that the Patriots go down here. And I'm shocked it's moved in the Patriots' favor, the line. Yeah, well, that's I think that's uh, maybe the maybe the public is starting to jump on the Ravens bandwagon here. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, Monday night game: Cowboys Giants uh, at MetLife. The Cowboys are a seven-point road favorite. Um, I love this pick too, actually. And you could go first. I'm curious uh, to see what you think. I'm. I, I lean Dallas. I think Dallas wins this football game, but I think it's closer. And I think the G, I think the G men are going to cover those seven points, and I, I also like the under in this game as well. I think that I, I don't trust Daniel Jones to go out and put up a ton of points. Um, obviously, you have Saquon, you got Evan Ingram, and you got Sterling Shepard, but Daniel Jones is at the helm. I think Saquon has a touchdown or two, but I'm not going to say that Daniel Jones even throws a touchdown in this game. Dallas is a good defense, so. I, I like the seven points that New York's getting. I, I'm shocked because the seven or eight people that I've talked to, they all said the same exact thing that you did. Dallas is going to win, but it's going to be closer than seven. And every show that I've watched has the Giants covering, which I don't know. I'm shocked. I thought Dallas would be the public play here, and now that they're not, I love it. I'm on Dallas minus seven. I think they roll here. I don't care about Jason Garrett's record on Monday Night Football. Uh, the thing that sinks in my head is when I had a minus seven last year and they got blasted by Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. But I just don't see that happening here. I think the Giants defense is so unbelievably bad that Dak. Yeah, I think that Amari uh, Cooper goes wild in this game as well. Dak finds him downfield for a ton of yardage. And that's why I think the Cowboys ultimately run away and win this game. Wouldn't mind the over. Uh, at that spot either just because of how bad the Giants defense actually is so uh, yeah I, I'm shocked that uh, the Cowboys aren't more of the public play at least from what I've been hearing I, I think they really have they get they had their get right week against the Eagles they blasted them they've got the lead in the uh, NFC East now and I think that they capitalize on that and beat down on a bad Giants defense uh, real quick we're going to transition to college football but before we do that we're going to give our three NFL locks of the week. Uh, I know we both have two of the same locks, and then we're, we each kind of have uh, one of our own. So I'll go first um, for my own, and then we'll, we'll just both say our consensus locks. Uh, my personal lock this week, the Browns minus three against the Broncos. Uh, it's a get-right spot for the Browns. Uh, a lot of eyes are on them. I think Baker and company finally show up. I, I think they get it done against a, a very poor Denver team. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I'm, I'll be on the Browns. My personal lock will be Baltimore plus four, plus 170 on the money line if you love it. Uh, I think the Ravens really give the Patriots defense problems that they haven't seen all season. They played a cupcake. Charmin schedule looks an awful lot like the back end of the Browns schedule that we were talking about a few minutes ago. But yeah, I think the Ravens give them fits. And also the Ravens defense contains what's been a flat offense. Uh, they're still trying to incorporate Muhammad Sanu and get their weapons into play. I, I think the Ravens win this game. I really do. 
And then our, our consensus locks of the week are the, the Jets, three-point favorites on the road against the Dolphins. Hammer that while you can. Absolutely. And the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six-point dogs on the road against the Seahawks. And oh. if we pray and get lucky, it'll move to seven by game time. Hopefully. And then we'll be all over the box. <laughs> all right, we're going to transition college football here real quick. And uh, Personally, like I said, I really, at the beginning of this podcast, I, I really didn't look at the college board that much this week, but um, there's a few games that I love. Yeah. There's not a ton of huge blockbuster games this week. We do have Georgia, Florida. Yeah. Which that's, is a big one. That'll be a phenomenal game. Uh, uh, but just looking through here, we've got app state playing on Thursday night. Again, they've been spanking teams and look, I was fading app state at the start, which was obviously not smart. I'll, I'll play a minus 15 and a half here against Georgia Southern. Uh, just looking through here, finding finding some of the plays that I like. No, nothing's really eye popping except Bowling Green is only a six and a half point favorite against Akron. I'm seeing Aaron Rodgers is questionable this week. What? What's going on? <laughs> so we'll talk. A, we can talk about that later. But uh, Bowling, Bowling Green, Green, Akron, yeah, Bowling Green, Akron, Akron might be the worst football biggest, team in the country. Biggest. Mark your calendars. Might be a bigger shit fest. Than UConn, UMass. It, it just, might be. Just it might it be. might be. But I'm all over BG at yeah, home. Six I, and a half point favorites. This line has already moved from when I saw it this morning at five and a half. So it's moved a full point. And if you're laying single digits on the road with Akron, you've got a problem. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, <laughs> their money line's already up to plus two hundred, which they're terrible. They're horrible. Yeah. Even I mean, even Bowling is, Green. Bowling Green is also pretty bad. But I think Bowling Green uh, at home, a six and a half point. That mean, it, let's remember, this they is a Bowling Green team. Bad. This, is, yeah, this bad. is a Bowling Green team who, look, they are not anything special, but no. they went to Toledo and beat the brakes off of Toledo. <laughs> and it was Toledo was like a 27 and a half point favorite in that game. Yeah. And it, Bowling Green beat them. This is, this is a stay away game, I think. But if I'm playing anything, it's Bowling Green. There's a couple of games that I love at noon. Uh, Houston at UCF. UCF's minus 21 and a half. They just bent Temple over and beat them by 50. Yeah. 63. <laughs> it was like 63 to 20 in Temple's backyard in a night game. Uh, their offense is whatever they didn't have when they played the fighting fickles. They found it. Uh, so Dylan Reynolds, the kids rolling, the freshman now. I think Central Florida beats uh, Dana Holgerson by at least 30 here. I'm on the 21 and a half. And, uh, Coincidentally, we've got the same number in Michigan at Maryland. Michigan minus 21 and a half. They just spanked Notre Dame. Maryland is horrendous. Their defense is the worst in the Big Ten next to Rutgers, who doesn't even deserve to be a, a, one, a Division I A team. And uh, they're, Michigan's lane 21 and a half. Their quarterback, Pigram, is awful, too. I think Michigan easily covers this. I think they'll be covering by halftime. It'll be like 28-3 at half like a 42 to 10 final here is what I see. So Michigan minus 21 and a half there. That's what I like at noon. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm all over the place here. I'm looking at the, the seven 30 primetime game Saturday night, uh, SMU Memphis. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Uh, number 15 SMU against number 24 Memphis. Uh, Memphis is a six point favorite at home. Um, Memphis had a tough loss earlier this season against Temple. Um, Their offense has been rolling ever since, though. I yeah. Know, I know you were on Tulane. I was on Memphis. I was, yeah, I was on when, Tulane. When they played, Memphis beat them. 
they beat their ass. Yeah. They, they, they beat them by like 30. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm scared to go against Memphis here. I'm scared to go against I Memphis think, too. I think people are trying to, I think Vegas is trying to bait people into taking SMU. Number is a little high for an undefeated team at plus six. All that being said, I'm taking SMU to win the game. Shane Buchel. I think they get it rolling. Plus 175 on the money line. I think they go in and they get it done. There's something about this team. I like the mojo. I like their color scheme. The white, the red, the blue, the Mustang. I love the stories of how they cheated back in the day in 1985 to get that undefeated team. The death penalty. That just sounds sweet. So I'm on. I want SMU to win this game. I I like them. And Memphis has got a... It's soft defense, to say the least. Yeah. Their the, defense is bad. This is going to – the numbers already moved up from when I saw it at 71 earlier to 72 is the over-under, and I, I think that the over is the play here. Yeah, uh, but if the over is the play, I just – I just I can't see this game being that close. Uh, I think one of, the, one of these teams is going to get a firm hold on this game. I'm going to be honest with you – I can't really lean either way, but I I'm going to go Memphis just because I was against them early on in the year, and they, they came back and bit me in the ass. I'm going to say SMU wins 49-38. to 38. Okay. We'll, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We got a couple of big Pac-12 games I want to mention. Well, real real quick, up. another another game that I absolutely love. Okay. Uh, give it to me. San Jose State. Uh, plus my, the 17. San Jose State. San Jose State oh, last week God. beat Army. On the road getting in West 10, Point. Getting 10 and a half. That was a noon yeah. game. I woke up and saw it. I was like, thank God. I'm going to have some money in my bank account today <laughs> because of my San Jose Spartans. San Jose State Spartans, excuse me. Plus 600 on the money line. <laughs> I'm not saying take it, but it's there. It looks nice. Yeah. It's there. It's, it could be could plus, be a very nice payout, but I love the, the plus 17. 17. Yeah, Boise State on the road. I mean, and this could be one where they get beat by 50, and then you're just looking at us like, what the hell, man? But San Jose State—they've covered like every week. I swear. Yeah, every week. No, you—you uh, you said that early on, or, or early on in this podcast. You—you you said San Jose State. We were talking about them. Uh, we talk about we talk about them on the radio show I've, every week. I've I've bet them like every week since then. If I, you bet them every week, you're profitable, man. Yeah, they're they're a, they are covering. They cover. They cover in some way. Somehow they cover. I every was week. talking about them at dinner the other night. I said they're animals. They're just they're covering animals. That's what the that's what San Jose State is. And if it ends against a good Boise State team, so be it. But I got to take the 17 points while they're there. Uh, Pac-12 doubleheader. You want to talk about it? Yeah, sure. Uh, Utah at Washington. Utah is number nine in the country now. They've just been spanking teams since they lost to USC. They they've got some look in their eye. Kevin Win- Whittingham is that his name? He's an angry-looking guy, angry-looking fella, bodybuilder coach. He's got him just riled up on the sideline. I think that uh, Utah smokes Washington in this game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I'm just I'm just looking at it purely off of the the aspect of rankings and number nine team in the country. Um, if you're if you're a top ten ranked team in the country, you got you got to show it. You got to prove it. So I think this is a, a good week for them to show it. And I'm with you. I think they cover the three and a half. And then the late game, really, t- both these games are tough. Oregon minus five at USC. Coliseum's tough place to play. But Oregon's great. Herbert's been great. I actually lean USC plus the five points here. I think this is a close game. I'm going to take Oregon to win by a field goal. I want them to stay undefeated and play Utah uh, with both teams undefeated in the conference in the Pac-12 championship game. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Oregon, Justin Herbert, they they've been tremendous this year. Uh, I th- I think they they get it done, but I I think this is a closer game. Like you said, Coliseum, tough place to go in and play. Um, all the history with USC. Um, you, you know, it's 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 a tradition rich school, uh, football school, a very passionate school. Um, I think I think it's a closer closer game and I think USC covers the plus four and a half but Oregon wins all right so there's so we'll talk about Florida Georgia to end it but there's three other games I want to mention real quick that I like I like Oklahoma State at home against TCU TCU coming off that huge win against Texas Oklahoma State won on the road at Iowa State the Big 12's been just a mishmash of games everybody's beating each other I think Oklahoma State minus three at home against TCU is the play here if the offense gets it rolling TCU doesn't do enough on offense to keep up with Oklahoma State um, I'm on Vanderbilt plus 15 and a half at South Carolina I think this is a close game South Carolina's offense sucks they just got beat by Tennessee by three touchdowns they're terrible Polensky is overrated uh, Vanderbilt plus 475 on the money line looks nice I wouldn't take it but Plus 15 and a half, sure. Uh, and I also like Northwestern plus 11 and a half at Indiana. Indiana's got to be the most fraudulent 6-2 and two team I've ever seen. 6-2. and two. Michigan State, with their inept offense, hung 40 on Indiana. A 40-burg. They haven't scored that combined the rest of the season. So Indiana minus, or Northwestern, excuse me, plus 11 and a half. Northwestern also getting their quarterback, Hunter Johnson, back this week. After he's been out for a couple of weeks, I think Pat Fitzgerald rallies. Maybe they win this game. I know they're bad at one and six, but I like Northwestern here. Uh, just looking through the the slate here, not a, not a ton of plays I like, like I said earlier, but I'm all over. Pitt, Pitt and Georgia Tech play at four o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, uh, this is going to be at Georgia Tech, but Pitt is a seven and a half point favorite on the road. Um, I bet against Georgia Tech early on in the season. They played North Carolina. North Carolina was a 10.5-point fa- road favorite, and North Carolina took care of business. And I'm, I'm rolling with that same trend. Georgia Tech is bad, and Pitt, Pitt has been a very good team this year, s- sneaky good, and I right. think they cover the 7.5. They just lost at home to Miami, so bounce back. I kind of like that. I actually didn't see this game earlier, but Tulsa plus 10.5 at Tulane. I think Tulane's a fade team. I don't think they're as good as the record shows or how good Ve- as good as Vegas thinks they are. Tulsa's 2-6, and six, but it seems like they've been losing every game at the last second. I think Tulsa hangs in in this game, maybe wins, plus 10.5, I'll take it. Uh, you want to talk about Georgia-Florida and then wrap this up? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I love Florida. I'm on the plus 6.5. I think they win the game. I'm, I, I'm on dogs this week, which is scaring me a bit, but... I love Florida's defense against Georgia's pass offense. I don't think that Georgia can move the ball. Uh, it does concern me that Florida's given up a lot on the ground, but then again, I, I don't think Georgia has played anybody on the other side of the ball. So I think Florida can move the ball on Georgia more than we think they can. So I, I'm on Kyle Trask and the Gators to get this done and eventually play in the SEC championship game. I, I agree upset. with you. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, slight upset. Georgia has kind of fallen off of a cliff here as the season's gone on. Uh, they're down to number eight in the rankings. They were a top four team to start the season and for the early portion of the season. Um, the other thing that that I'm kind of you know scratching my head about is Florida. I know this, this is at a neutral site, technically. It's at, it's at where the Jags play in Jacksonville. But the game is still in Florida. 
And there's a ton of Gator fans that are going to be there. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a ton of Georgia oh, fans it, too. It'll, but it'll be half and half. It is every year. It but. just, I just, I, I find that odd that that Florida is a, you know, basically a dog and a, and a neutral think, site in in state. I think Vegas is baiting us to take Florida here because they see a couple of stats that they like. They like Georgia's run offense against Florida's run defense, which has given up over 200 yards. In three straight games, gave up over 200 yards to South Carolina, gave up over 200 yards to LSU as well. Uh, and also, uh, Florida's shown the tendency to turn the ball over. So Florida turns the ball over in this game, gives Georgia a couple short, short fields to work with. Georgia capitalizes with touchdowns. This could get ugly quickly. But I, tr- I trust Kyle Trask, and I trust Dan Mullen in this game, and I don't trust Georgia's run game as much as Vegas does with the six point line. And uh, Jake Fromm is a bitch. I'm going to end it at that. I mean, I think there should be real question marks with this entire Georgia program as to how they chose Jake Fromm over Justin Justin Fields, Fields. the way that things are looking right now. And I know Fromm made, made it to the championship game, whatever, but in hindsight, I think it's going to be looking, it's going to be really, really, a stupid move for Georgia. Yeah. So uh, I, to put it bluntly, I think that that's going to do it for us on this episode of the black squirrel sports book. Uh, we'll, we'll promise we'll, we'll be back next week. We'll, we'll try yeah. to make it consistent, try to get some winners out there. Cause I'm, we, the week we don't make one, we both have good weeks. Yeah. So, go figure. <laughs> yeah. We aren't lying. We promise. No. So uh, you got any last words for the people? Uh, no, I'm a, just gamble your ass off this week. Absolutely. Try to, try to make it to bankroll. Bankroll some money, baby. Make it to the green. All right. So until next time, Dylan Bowers signing off. Alex Wilcox signing off as well. See y'all later.